Welcome back to the STEM Blazers podcast. We're so excited to bring you the second episode of season three with a wonderful new guest who is a leader in an aerospace company designing, testing, and delivering rockets. Can you think of a job cooler than that, Maddie? An actual rocket scientist? No way. My name is Maddie Poole, and I am also so excited to be um, here today talking to Marina Baggett. Marina started as a mechanical engineer and then pursued her master's in aerospace engineering and is now currently the VP of program management at Ursa Major Tech where they deliver engines to rocket companies. She is also currently pursuing an MBA at the University of Wisconsin, and we are so excited to learn more about Marina's story today. Welcome, Marina. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. We are so glad to have you here today. We're so excited to talk to you. Yeah, you have one of the coolest jobs, I think, ever. Um, I have to be honest, as a little kid, um, I would just look at rockets and think, Wow, that's so cool. Can you imagine something someone is working on that? Um, and I want to know, what is it like to test rockets to be part of that process? Is it as crazy cool as all the little girls in America think it is? It definitely is. And we work on the most exciting part of the rocket, the rocket engine, which means that at Ursa Major, we get to see and hear engines being tested every day. And there's nothing cooler than hearing the loud roar of an engine test. It really being able to see and hear that and something that you work on so hard every day is a lot of fun. That sounds so cool. I'm so jealous. I wish I was a rocket scientist. <laughs> so um, what do you kind of do like a day to day? Like what does a typical day in your life look like? Okay, for sure. Yeah. Um, so my day probably is never exactly the same. So as VP of program management, I usually get pulled into whatever our biggest problem of the day is, or I solve issues and decide priorities and things are always changing. We're a rapidly moving company. Um, so every day looks a little bit different, um, but to talk a little bit about what a program manager is and what a day in the life of a program manager at a rocket engine company looks like, um, I'm in charge of making sure that all of the right things are happening so that the customer gets an engine that meets their needs and is ready when they need it. So I work with all of the different teams at my company to make sure that everyone knows what they need to do and by when. And we have a lot of engines being built and tested every day. So we need to make sure that we are all organized and we're all working together to make the best possible engines for our customers. And I also get to work with the customers a lot. So these are the people who will take our engine and install it in their rocket. And we need to be working together really closely so that they know how to make sure that everything works correctly when they test and fly their rocket with our engines. And I also, as the VP of the team, I get to hire and manage a team of really incredibly smart, motivated program managers. And they're really the people who keep the company running smoothly and I have the pleasure of managing them. That sounds really cool, awesome. Yeah, honestly, it sounds like balancing team members and engineering from two different sides. I mean, the, the people building the engines and the people building the rockets that it sounds like you're playing like a game of telephone, trying to make sure that these two messages are clear between each other. How do you keep that communication consistent? 
Right. It, it takes effort and, and it's a very complex system on both sides. So being able to be in the middle of it is exciting and it's challenging and making sure that everyone is on the same page takes a lot of effort. And, and really what it comes down to is making sure that we're, we're organized, we're, we're talking frequently. Um, so it's about relationship management of technical information. So I love it because I'm a technical person, but I love thinking about business strategy and working with different types of people and bringing people together to achieve goals. And that's really what it's about when you're in between the product and the customer that's going to be using the product. And for us, that customer happens to be people who are launching rockets. So it's exciting and and complicated and, and it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, it sounds like communication is key, which is so true in like so many different aspects of life. Can you describe your STEM path and like, you know, your undergrad, grad school, like how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. So when I was younger, I I really loved math and science, but I also loved English and reading. I didn't know I would become an engineer until I was in high school. Um, Even in high school, I was taking a lot of different AP classes. I took AP physics and I really loved it. I took AP computer science. I was one of only a few girls in that class, but I loved it. Um, I also was taking AP photography, AP English classes. So I was very multifaceted. I wasn't somebody who who knew that engineering was the only path for me, uh, which I think speaks to, to the type of role I have now, which really covers the whole business but also relies on engineering. Um, So in high school, um, I decided to go into engineering. Um, I was really fascinated by physics. um, So I went into mechanical engineering. Um, That was my undergrad, but I also had a lot of extracurriculars and a lot of different things. Um, So I continued exploring my other passions and hobbies throughout my career. I ended up getting a job at GE Aviation, where I worked in design for engines that are on airplanes and helicopters. So that's where I started working on engines. And I started in the aircraft side of things. Um, I loved it. It was very complicated, complex. I loved being able to watch engine tests. Um, So I started my, my career getting to see engine tests every day, but for a different type of application. And then while there, while at GE, I got my master's in aerospace engineering. So I had always been really fascinated by rockets, having been working on engines. I I loved working the most complex aspects of the engines. And I thought, what's more complex than going into the rocket world? And so I got my aerospace engineering degree, kind of knowing it would allow me to focus more on possibly getting into the space industry and leaving the aviation industry. So I was trying to think about what can the degree be that can get me to the next step of where I want to go in my career. Um, And it worked because after I got that degree, I got a call from a recruiter from SpaceX. So they saw the degree on LinkedIn um, and they reached out to me directly. Um, So my planning did pay off in getting the aerospace degree and I was able to get a job at SpaceX where then I transitioned into working on rocket engines and working with the customers there at SpaceX. And so that really kicked me off into more of the space side of things. Um, I love it. I'm still in it today. Um, And I eventually found my way to Ursa Major, which is a small startup working on rocket engines. That is so cool. I it's so inspiring to like hear your story about how you just kind of you wanted to do one thing and you just did it. So I admire the confidence so much. Can you tell us like what kind of gave you the confidence and how you, were you, were you able to make that transition? 
Definitely. So, so knowing that that's where I wanted to go, I think took a lot of personal kind of internal decision making of what do I want out of life? What kind of work do I want to do? And it's not something that I always knew. Um, so when I went into GE Aviation, I loved it. But I looked at the different things I was working on and tried to think about, okay, what about this do I like? What don't I like? And how can I find something that's the next step that is more focused on the type of things I do like? So for me, one of those things was um, GE was a much older, more bureaucratic company. Um, and I loved being able to work on programs with smaller teams, really creative problem solving. Um, so I started trying to look into different industries to try to figure out, okay, where can I go, um, which may, may align more with that kind of passion of mine. Um, so that was one thing. But as far as getting the confidence to really transition into that, that new company, SpaceX was a big, really intense challenge for me uh, when I went over there. Um, it was something different than I had ever done before. Um, and really what helped me with my confidence, I would say, were the friends I made. And a lot of the women who I met there at SpaceX were huge for me in, in my ability to succeed and, and feel confident and inspire me to keep trying when things felt too difficult. Um, and at SpaceX, we were doing a lot of things that people said were impossible. And so there were a lot of times where confidence was low and, and frustration was high. And my friends and the women that I had supporting me um, at at SpaceX, still to this day, help me be successful in what I do. Yeah, it sounds like you've had some amazing experiences, but also amazing people that have like backed you up throughout this journey of yours. We know that at STEM Blazers, mentorship is really important. Could you talk a little bit about some of the more important mentors you've had in your life um, and in your career and what they inspired you to do? Certainly. So mentorship is huge. It's been huge for me through my life. I tried to give back also now where I am today to be a mentor to others. Um, so I had great mentors from day one. And when I was at GE Aviation, um, and, and my industry is very male dominated, so there's not a lot of women in leadership. Um, so I had a lot of really great male mentors early in my career. Um, when I was at GE, I had great mentors there who encouraged me to push myself. Um, even when I first started my career, I was always trying to take on new leadership roles and challenge myself. And, and they, they saw that spark in me and really encouraged me and, and gave me the advocacy to be able to take on some of the roles I did at a, at a young age. And, and that was huge. I had a mentor at GE. We would go out for lunch once a month to a Chinese restaurant and to just have somebody who was successful um, in a high level, level position when I was just starting out my career and being able to talk informally with him and really share my interests and, and some of the challenges I was having every day was huge for me. And um, I, I'm really grateful for, for that mentorship to this day. And, and then when I continued on in my career, I, I ended up really looking for informal mentorship um, is really kind of where my path took me. And, and that came in a lot of different different ways. And, and when I was at SpaceX, I had great people who were supporting me. Most often they were peers. Um, we were really working together as a team to try to figure out how to accomplish things. And I had a lot of really great peers who I see to this day as mentors. I reach out to them and get advice on things every day. Um, and, and I also had a lot of great informal mentorship from the customers that I worked with at SpaceX. So we were working to uh, launch for really difficult customers, including, including a lot of people at NASA. And I met an incredible group of people through the customers that I supported as well. And they provided some great mentorship to me along the way. 
That is so amazing and sounds like you have um, a really good understanding of how even uh, peers and customers have helped you in your process of getting here, which is so important. I think we think of mentorship as this really formalized thing most times. And often, like you said, it doesn't have to be. It can just be someone who inspires you to do your job in a better way or be able to reach out to more people. And I think that's really impactful. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you so much. And it's, it is like at STEM Blazers, we obviously seek to like uplift women, but it's also so nice to hear about stories of like men who also try and help and uplift women. Cause it is definitely like, we need everyone to cooperate together. Definitely. And I, I see mentors as the people who will speak up for you when you're not in the room. And that can mean a lot of different things. And so that can be a male ally that can be somebody who is your peer, even sometimes your employees can can be that person for you. And so like to just think about who that person is and, and really build those relationships to me is what mentorship is. Yeah, definitely. It, it helps so much to have support and to know that someone is in your corner, especially even if you're not in the room or if you're not there to defend yourself. So absolutely. So um, what makes you so passionate about aerospace? What do you love about your job? Aerospace is exciting. So for me, I love being in an industry that is so complicated from a technical sense. It is really, to me, the most challenging thing that I could think of working on is rocket engines. And so being able to do that every day is exciting. Being able to be at the forefront of innovation is exciting. I love the idea of working on something that is so, so complicated from an engineering sense but also is really advancing technology in general. And, and so the aerospace industry is often at the forefront of innovation for a lot of different technology and being able to push the boundaries with that industry, I know will then also impact other industries in science and technology as well. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Plus rockets are really cool and yeah. it's fun to think about things launching into space. <laughs> <laughs> they just are so cool. I think everyone has like a, a sense of wonder about space. You know, I think everyone's probably wanted to like be an astronaut or something to do with space because it is such like a magical place, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's a part of the industry that that excites me a lot too. I love watching the launches that SpaceX is continuing to do today. I got to work with astronauts when I was at SpaceX and it was amazing. And the thought of those people being able to launch into space and, and to perform scientific experiments in space and thinking about what the future of space exploration could be given some of the advancements that we were working on, it, it really was inspiring and still is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so special to be a part of something like that. And I know like all of the like young girls who are out there and who might want to be astronauts or an aerospace engineer, like what would you tell them um, if they're trying to figure out what they want to be and what they want to do in life? Yeah, if you want to become an aerospace engineer, you can. If you want to become an astronaut, you can. Both of those things take a lot of hard work. And there are a lot of moments where you will doubt yourself if you can get through the hard work. And I want you to remember that the people who become aerospace engineers and the people who become astronauts did not constantly win. They did not always succeed at everything they tried, but they continued trying. And that's really how you get to that point to do something that seems so challenging and seems so impossible to achieve. You just keep trying, you pick yourself back up and you keep working hard. Yeah, that is 
so inspiring. Like it's not going to be easy, but it will just take a lot of determination and hard work. I think that's such a good thing to, to tell all the young girls out there. All right. So we're going to take um, an ad break right now, but we'll be back soon. Thank you. Hi, it's Wendy. We hope you're enjoying season three so far. To help others find our podcast, please rate and review us. If you have a daughter or know someone who would enjoy listening, we ask that you please share. By supporting the podcast, you are helping our alumni who host each season build their networking skills, their resume, increase their internship opportunities, and connect our audience with some pretty incredible women in STEM. Another great way to support is to get your STEM Blazers podcast mug. We will post a picture of our mug on Instagram so you can get yours. Just click on the link in our bio. I absolutely love mine, and I think you'll enjoy yours too. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast, and a big thank you to BCER for being this week's episode sponsor. BCER is a mechanical, electrical, and life safety engineering consulting firm. To learn more about BCER, go to B as in boy, C as in Charlie, ER.com. Now let's get you back to the conversation. Okay, welcome back from that ad break, and we are excited to ask another question. Um, We want to know, was there a moment in your career or your schooling um, that it was obvious that the lack of diversity in engineering was actively harming a project or work dynamic? Is there like a moment you can think of where it just became very clear to you that something needed to change? Yeah, I think I have those moments often because something does need to change. And and I saw that when I went into college for an engineering degree was probably the first moment where I truly realized that there needs to be more diversity in engineering. When I was in high school, in my classes, you know, usually I was surrounded by some women, AP computer science, I was one of only a few, but most other classes, all my science classes and math classes, there were a lot of other women. When I went into an engineering degree, I was one of a few. And I knew the statistics, I knew that's how it would be, but being in the classroom and looking around was a different feeling. So for me in that moment, I really realized that I need to be part of making sure that our industry is changing for the better, that more diversity is going to be part of the future of engineering. And, and I continue to have that at every company that I work with in my career. And there are moments where I look around the room and I'm the only woman, often. And it's not okay. So something needs to change. And, and there's a lack of diversity across engineering. I think aerospace especially needs more diversity. And it's something that I really am hopeful and, and confident will improve thanks to great programs like this, for example. Yeah, I can totally relate to like walking into a classroom and being like one of maybe two or three girls. Um, so it's it's very noticeable, especially I think as women, I don't think guys tend to notice it as much. Like I think they're like, oh, it's like it's whatever. And it's like, well, right. <laughs> actually, it's it's very much an obvious thing. And it, it does. It's unfortunate. Like it does kind of make you feel like oh, okay, maybe I like don't belong, you know? So I think it's really important to cultivate that sense of like, no, women do belong. You're not an imposter. You're like 
a person who deserves to be here. And I think that's really special to like, um, or that's why organizations like STEM Blazers are really special. Um, and like that they kind of encourage like young girls to, you know, follow their dreams and tell them that it's okay to like, you know, do what they actually want and not have to worry about like stuff that's not that important, you know? Definitely, definitely. And I hope that things like this change the future generation of engineering. And and I completely agree with you that being one of a few in the room is so obvious to you, but maybe not obvious to the men in the room. And, yeah. and, and some of the things I have great male friends and allies and managers. And one of the things I always tell them is just when you're in the room, just count how many women are there. And that in itself often makes their eyes open yeah. and, and really realize what it's like to be one of a few in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, And I have another example, too, that I just thought of when I first started my career at GE. I remember being in a meeting and, you know, there's always the chatter before the meeting starts. And I'm I'm young and I'm a woman and I was surrounded by older men and they were all talking about cleaning out their gutters. And I just remember (laughs) sitting there and being like oh my gosh, this has nothing to do with anything I care about. (laughs) This is so boring. (laughs) And and at the time, you know, there were were a couple other younger women in the room and and we kind of changed the conversation a little bit. So I think in those moments when when you could just sit back and be quiet and and be bored with what the majority is talking about or bonding over, don't forget to raise your voice and really be part of the conversation. You can change the tide of the conversation. You can make it a place that feels more inclusive for yourself by by speaking up and and so I still remember that moment to this day and and now that I own a house and I'm older I probably would partake in the conversation about cleaning <laughs> gutters but at the time when I was 20 it was not interesting at all <laughs> that's really funny I think yeah that's definitely like a lighthearted example of just like oh we are at very different places in our lives right now and very different people, you know, but I mean, obviously you're all in the room, you're all engineers and qualified to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. So what do you think are attributes of a good leader? And um, when have you seen these attributes kind of like reflected in your own mentors and in yourself? Like, what do you think makes someone a good leader? Yeah, I think leadership is something that comes in a lot of different forms. And and for me, the type of leadership that I've always really appreciated is empathetic leadership and leadership that understands that each person is an individual person with their own unique personality and interests and different things that make them tick. And and for me, that's really what comes through in strong leadership. And and that can be seen um, in mentorship, for example, of really caring to listen you know, listen more than talk, um, understand that person, understand what they're going through, what their unique experience is. And, and that comes through in management of teams as well in management of companies in that, you know, companies and teams are, are groups of people. You know, we like even at Ursa Major where we're making a very complicated product, we're making a complex rocket engine. We're a group of people and people are what is making that happen. And so leadership who can understand that and can see that and can work with each person on an individual level is really where I've seen the most success. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense when you have to consider like people are still people even at like a like a high professional level. You have to like have empathy for all of them. So I totally get that. It also sounds like you are a person that has 
um, different sides. You know, you described how in high school you really enjoyed some of the arts um, along with some of the things like computer science and physics. And it sounds like even now you're doing this pretty analytical work and uh, maybe numbers-based work, but then also doing this like deep human connection and being empathetic and trying to understand others, which is really two sides of the same coin. And I think we are working as a society to understand those things as both necessary in any profession. Yes, definitely. And I think that's important for young girls to remember too, who are considering maybe becoming an engineer, because it can be easy to think engineering is very analytical. And, uh, you know, I have to be a very scientific mathematic type of person to succeed in engineering. But I have found that the people who have both sides of the coin, like you were just explaining, are the best engineers, because at the end of the day, you're going to be working in an office with a group of people, you're going to need to make decisions with people with very different personalities, you're going to need creativity to come up with new ideas. And so there's so much more to engineering than just the analytical side. And if you are are really well-rounded and, and have all of those different attributes, you can be a really, really powerful engineer and make a big difference. That's so fantastic. And I, I really appreciate you bringing up that um, people need to be well-rounded and you sound like a very well-rounded person uh, who has experience in a lot of different ways at a lot of different levels. So we are just so grateful to have your um, experience and your uh, mind to be able to pick. And we wanted to ask you, in a context of, you know, your life generally, what, what pushes you forward? What makes you want to change your field and what inspires you to do that? Well, I'm definitely inspired to improve diversity in my industry. It's something that I have seen the problems from throughout my career. I have faced roadblocks, faced some unjust biases throughout my career. And I know that as I become more successful and, and gain positions where I really can make a change, that it's my responsibility to do so. So I am really excited about what the future generation of aerospace can look like, because like I said, Aerospace engineering is really pushing innovation to its limit. It's really the future of innovation. And the more different types of people thinking in different types of ways that are involved in that, the better the future will be. So not only do I want the industry to improve so that you know, there's more interesting people around with different types of backgrounds and experiences and, and fun people to hang around with and talk to. And in the room, there's diversity, but also because I really think it will make our industry better. The technology will be better and we'll be able to accomplish things that we never even imagined were possible today. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You're making me want to be an aerospace engineer now. <laughs> Do it! <laughs> you always can become an astronaut no matter what field you go into. It's always a future opportunity. <laughs> that sounds so cool. <laughs> All right, we are now going to move on to our rapid fire question round. So get ready for some like quick answers. So I'm just going to ask you a question and you just say like kind of the first thing that comes to mind. So what did you want to be when you were five? A cowgirl. <laughs> I love horses. <laughs> and I thought I was going to grow up and become a cowgirl. <laughs> I think that is so valid. I think we, we all probably wanted to be, I, we all wanted to be a cowgirl at some point, I think. All right. Who is your female STEM icon? Katherine Johnson. 
she is incredible and, and space exploration would not be what it is today if it weren't for her. Sounds awesome. What is your best life hack? Okay, so I try to implement this. I'm not always good at always doing it. But one life hack I have is if something takes less than two minutes to do, just do it right away. So I'm a person who makes a lot of lists. So if I can avoid putting it on the list, I should do it right away, get it done, and then I don't have to think about it later. That seems like a good idea. I should probably do that. (laughs) Um, Okay, what is your favorite way to relax? Ordering a pizza and binge watching TV with my husband. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I, I think we all can relate to that. There's so many times where it's like, that's just what you need yeah. is pizza and some binge watching Netflix. Absolutely. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Someone once told me that I never give up and that I have the greatest grit they've ever seen. And I take it as a big compliment. And I think it's the reason that I've been able to accomplish everything that I have. That is so motivational to hear. (laughs) What is your favorite motto? One of my personal mottos is that I control how I respond to things both in my head and to others. So when I feel like I'm starting to spiral out of control, I bring this motto back and it reminds me that even if I can't control something, I can control how it affects me and how I react. Yeah, that is a really good motto. That is a great motto and reminds us of the power we have over our own minds and our situations. That's really wonderful. What is something that you have been wanting to learn? Spanish. I've I've tried over and over and I would love to speak Spanish fluently. Maybe one day, but I don't know. (laughs) Well, now maybe this is the sign. Maybe this is the sign that you go out and like make a step forward to... Learn Spanish. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. All right. And our last question is, what is your favorite song? Oh, wow. Okay. I have a lot of favorite songs. It depends on the mood I'm in. So let me think. Um, If I'm relaxing, it's Old Pine by Ben Howard. I love that song so much. Um, If I need motivation, which is often more the genre that I'm looking for, um, I love all things Lizzo. Um, So one is Let Him Say is a really good one. Um, That is a good motivational song choice of mine awesome and we do actually have a mentor playlist so we can add those songs to that Um, and you can find the mentor playlist on our social media at stem blazers great and we're going to ask you one last sign-off question we ask all of our guests this and we're super excited to ask you standing where you are now what advice would you give to your high school self Well, I would tell my high school self to keep working hard. And sometimes it would, it feels like you're working harder than other people. And it's because you are, and that's okay. And so never question your ambition or let others bring you down. Just keep working hard and and you'll succeed. Yeah, that's excellent advice. All right. And then um, we have a trivia question. Who was the first American woman to go to space? And you can find that answer on our Instagram at STEM Blazers. So go and check that out later. Well, thank you so much, Marina, for joining us on this episode. We have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. On behalf of STEM Blazers, we want to thank you for sharing your story and inspiring girls and women entering or transitioning into STEM fields. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. It has been wonderful talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Your answers have just been so inspiring. You girls inspire me. I'm so excited about the future of what you'll both bring to STEM. 
thank you. <laughs> That's very sweet. Yeah, I, I love that we have a community of passionate students and professionals and how STEM Blazers has allowed me to meet people like you because you are just so inspiring. And then I also get to work with amazing women like Emily and Maddie, and we get to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting to meet you girls. And, and um, I listen to some of the other podcasts and they're so awesome. And just what a great organization. You all have amazing connections to such incredible women. Well, thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. So it's so fun to talk to you guys and learn about what you do. It's It really is inspiring. And it makes me feel like so much more confident and like just, just better in every sense of the word. Thank you to the listeners for joining us for another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or to stay up to date with what we are doing, check out our website at stemblazers.org or our Facebook and Instagram pages at stemblazers.